Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valera and I recap the Chiefs win against the Miami Dolphins and preview a possible Super Bowl preview, perhaps, as I can I say preview any more yeah. times, but that's how big a game this is, Joe. Uh, but before we get to the Saints uh, Chiefs game, you know, the, the Dolphins Chiefs game, it was interesting. I thought the takeaway from a lot of people, they talked about Mahomes having the unusual game where he throws multiple interceptions or the defense, the pass rush really coming alive uh, with four sacks. But really, I thought the key of the game, and this is something Andy Reid talked about a lot, the Dolphins came in with a great special teams, and the Chiefs just dominated that. They didn't allow a big um, Dolphins return. And instead, it was the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. McCall Harmon, getting a, a touchdown return. They also, James Sanders, one of the best kickers in the league, missed a kick early on for the Dolphins. And then Harrison Butker kind of sealed the game with his late kick. So, Joe, I thought special teams, kind of the forgotten phase of the game, I thought special teams was the determining factor in that win against the Dolphins. No, I totally agree, Jeff. And special teams, obviously, you know, when I was with the Chiefs, obviously, in the 90s, Marty was a big special teams guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he really put an emphasis on that third team, as we like to call it, the third team that goes out on the field. And, you know, you start counting up the number of plays. And Marty used to do these diagrams with us, give everybody a little insight into, into some coaches and how they think about special teams. He used to do this diagram where he would he would do, like, a typical offensive possession, and then he would draw up a punt. And he would say, okay, here's where the ball would go on the punt. And then if, you know, here's where the offensive possession and where the defense would stop and where the punt would go. And if you can move that field up and down and you can start to either close in on somebody by using great special teams, like great punting, great coverage, right? Capitalizing on field goals, you can get yourself closer and closer to somebody's end zone just by what he used to call moving the field, right? And moving the line of play, and and I think um, I think Andy Reid's doing that. I think I think it's probably the unsung hero of this season is what the Chiefs have done with their special teams. Because you said, like you said, everybody's talking about the offense. Everybody wants to talk about the quote, and I'm doing air quotes like people can see me. But there, you know, everybody wants to talk about the weaknesses of the Chiefs' defense. I think the unsung hero of, of this season so far could be their special teams and the way that they have quote to use a Marty term moved the field on other teams and given Patrick the best opportunity to not have to have 90 yard drives, but you know, 60, 70, 40 yard drives, right? That, that makes a huge different difference and takes so much pressure off of, of the offense. No, great points. And and great job kind of looking back at how Marty uh, emphasized special teams back in the day. Well, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They have the coolest prop bets. You can even bet on what the new nickname will be for the Cleveland baseball team, no longer the Indians. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. 
So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Joe, we were uh, texting during the Dolphins game. Uh, you, you made a great point that, you know, the Chiefs defense keeps allowing teams to kind of hang around because the Dolphins game looked kind of over at one point when they mm-hmm. uh, pretty much after that Hardman return. How much of a – is this something that you think is going to catch up to the Chiefs or is it not? You know, how much of a concern is this? I, I, Jeff, I find it very concerning. Um, I, I do. And, and I don't think it's – I wouldn't – I'm not in DEFCON 4 yet, right. you know, as, as it relates to – to the fear of, of if it's going to come back and really bite them, but they've got to learn to deal with this. I mean, I really think that uh, this is something that every team in at any level, <laughs> high school, little league, baseball, football, basketball, like you have to finish teams off. You have to do it, you know, and the higher the level, you know, the higher the level that you get, the more you've got to do it because it's still another NFL team out there, right? This isn't, they weren't, you know, this wasn't the Chiefs playing a college all-star team. You know, this was the Chiefs playing the Miami Dolphins who, you know, came into that game, you know, they were eight and four and, uh, you know, they, you got to finish, you got to finish these teams off. You know, you can't, you can't just um, hope that, you know, that, that other teams are going to struggle. You know, I got to give hats off to Tua. Tagovailoa. I mean, I thought he played freely well um, for somebody that you know. Steve Bagnola threw threw a lot at him, um, threw a lot threw a lot at the because um, you know, they didn't really have it going in the running game. They only had eighty yards on the ground. It wasn't like it wasn't like they were getting you know the pressure and and, and Tua had twenty four of them right. right. So it wasn't like they were. It wasn't like Tua was getting the pressure taken off of him by having a Derrick Henry or. You know, even like we have now with a Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a, and a Le'Veon Bell kind of combo. He was down with all the uh, COVID issues and injuries. He was down to Dre Washington, who started the year uh, on the Chiefs, actually. You know, he's been with the Chiefs longer than right. he has in the Dolphins. Actually, a former teammate of Patrick Mahomes at uh, Texas Tech. So without that, and he had it, they don't have great skill players to begin with, and a lot of them got injured during the game. So he was really didn't have much around him. Yeah, so I think the Chiefs have to put the pedal to the metal in the fourth quarter. I mean, when it was thirty to ten, I was kind of I was kind of yawning at that point, right? Like you said, they were doing it in all facets facets of the game. You know, the Miami jumped out to that early touchdown, got up early. Um, but you know, at one point, I was just thinking, okay, you know, even though it was only fourteen ten at halftime, I know the Chief the Chiefs had the momentum going, mm-hmm. and they blew it out in the third quarter, right? Obviously, scoring sixteen points, and then. And then I just, you know, I just think they've got to learn to keep scoring. I don't, I don't, you know, I would never, never accuse Andy of being like too nice or whatever, <laughs> you know, that he, you know, cause I know he's, he wants to win and he wants to repeat and he wants to do all the things, but you know, it, it, you could, if you look at some of the games that teams have snuck back in, you almost would say that, right. That would be, that would be a layman's person's way of saying, or a layperson's way of saying, Andy's just being too nice, 
you know, this team is not driving the stake into the heart uh, of the teams that they're playing. So I think it's definitely, I'm not, like I said, to use a, a, a military term, I'm not DEFCON 4 yet on it, but I'm definitely getting concerned about it as the, as here we go, I'm going to pull out an old Marty. The Marty phrases are just so stuck in my head, Jeff. Oh, and they're the as, best. I love As Marty them. used to say, the fit gets really tight at the top. <laughs> and as the, you know, we talked about it last season as the Chiefs were going through the playoff run. The fit's going to start getting tight at the top, and they can't let teams hang around. They're way too good, way too good to 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 for the Dolphins to have scored 17 points like that with virtually no weapons and a and a rookie quarterback. Um, some great points there, Joe. That will will uh, break down even further. But po- uh, a point I wanted to touch upon. Um, I really enjoy watching uh, Football Night in America. They have a, a great wrap-up of kind of the Sunday games, and they made an interesting point. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are now 12-1. and Franchise has never been that level. Um, but you, of course, were on some great teams, some number one seeds. I think they, you guys went 13-3, to which was the kind of franchise high, uh, which looks like it's going to be exceeded uh, – this year, but anyhow, on Football Night America, um, Chris Sims and Ronnie Harrison were saying they thought that maybe complacency sets in for the Chiefs. They've won so much, keep getting to these leads and allowing teams to uh, back in the game. You've been, again, on some of these great teams, these number one seeds. Do you think that could be the case? Is that something you guys fought back in the day? Yeah, I, gotta, I have to say, I don't recall – ever really really have it's not that like I said not that we ever went 12 and 1 like this we did go 13 and 3 and it's not that we were completely dominant in in every game um you know even though we went to the playoffs every year obviously we didn't make it to the Super Bowl the way that this team current roster has and current staff but the one thing that I we the one thing I can give Marty a lot of credit and the staff that he surrounded himself with you know you can't you you know, you, you can't let up, you know, you have to, you do, you, you know, and that was one thing that I never really recall the chiefs teams doing when I was there was even though we didn't win every game, we did lose when we were winning, it was pedal to the metal, mm-hmm. keep going, you know, um, and, and, and keep driving and keep, you know, keep your, your momentum going. You don't want to lose that because as Marty was a big believer in over time, you know, what you do each week becomes habit, you know, and you just don't want to get, like you said, that term complacency is really good. You don't want the team to get complacent. Um, You know, you you don't want them to uh, start to think about, uh, you know, the next game or, or or we already did this and we already accomplished that because it will, it will catch up with you and it becomes habit after a while. Great points, Joe. And the other thing I want to follow up on, you said hats off to Tua, and I couldn't agree more. I was really he, – he really wowed me uh, in that game. Just you look at what he had around him. You know, I would say that Demarcus Robinson, who was like really the Chiefs, like fourth receiver whatever, was probably better than any receiver, wide receiver he had. Kasicki had a good game at tight end, though he left the game with injury. And uh, they asked Patrick Mahomes about Tua after the game – and uh, Mahomes and Tua have somewhat of a relationship. You know, they're, not, they're not friends, but they have the same agent, Lee Steinberg, so they know each other and have great respect for each other. And what Mahomes praised was that Tua never 
pressed. You know, he faced a huge deficit, but he was never making crazy throws. He would just throw the ball away, and he slowly pecked away at the league at the lead. And I thought that showed great maturity. And even the one interception he threw, which actually was his first interception of the year, which is amazing in itself, was was a catchable ball off the receiver's hand. So I really really impressed with Tua, really impressed with this Dolphins team. I think this is a team that could be jockeying with the Chiefs, a good young team, the Dolphins, with a lot of draft picks on the horizon. I think this Dolphins team, led by Tua, could be jockeying uh, for AFC supremacy with the Chiefs for, for years to come. I was that impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really was. I, I was. I think, you know, all that he's been through in college, um, all the things that he has done, um, and all that he, you know, some of the, 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 the humility that he showed when, you know, um, you know, when they, when they had to, to, you know, make that big change and he had to come in and the relationship that he built with Jalen Hurts and how well he handled that as a leader, you know, you can't help that sometimes, right? When, when a coach makes a decision that I'm going to replace you uh, or I'm going to put you in and replace somebody who's been such a, you know, a powerhouse, right? Like when, when to a, you know, the way that Tua handled that, he handled it with such class and such dignity um, and his relationship with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts did the same thing. And they, they're just two really class acts. Um, and I think the NFL is really better for having those two guys, uh, you know, at the helms of their teams at this point. But uh, to go back to Tua, you know, I just think he, he handled himself with no weapons. He didn't panic and he went out there like he went out there like he had nothing to lose, but he also went out there like he had everything to gain too. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what was most impressive about, about his performance. Um, he didn't try to put the, put the game on his shoulders. Uh, he tried to use what he had and chip away at it. And he did it against, you know, a 12 and one team best, best in the AFC. So it was very, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, to see him come through and, and play that way. So I, I was, I think he is the future of, of that squad right now. And I think he's getting great mentoring from Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and that whole squad. So I, I think, I think the dolphins are going to be an organization to be reckoned with over the next, you know, three to five years for sure. Totally agree. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts who uh, played with him at Alabama, the f- former quarterback, the, the man that two actually replaced in the championship game. Uh, well, Jalen Hurts got his first start against the saints on Sunday, uh, ran for over 100 yards, got the victory. So the Chiefs now face that team. That Saints team is a very good defense. Uh, I think it's going to be an ornery bunch. They really need this game because uh, the top seed would help them a lot. There's, again, there's only one bye this year. The Chiefs, mm-hmm. of course, are in very good position uh, for that first seed in the AFC. But the NFC, that would mean a lot to the Saints. And coming off that loss, that – Defense is going to be very motivated against the Chiefs team. Wow, this is going to be a heck of a matchup, Joe. How do you see that Saints defense, um, who has been really good but didn't look great against Jalen Hurts, matching up against the Chiefs? Yeah, I think I think what the Eagles did, obviously, having you know watched that game, being here you know in the Philadelphia area, and still still rooting for for my NFC Eagles, right? Um, you know, I think what they did is they jumped out early. Right. And without without Drew Brees, you know, I think Taysom Hill is doing a, a just a bang up job, you know, of of, um, of 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 sort of taking in the helm here. And, you know, they had that little bit of a little bit of a, con, you know, quarterback controversy, um, you know, 
and and I think he's dealing it. He's dealing with it, right? And 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 waiting for that moment when uh, you know Drew Brees, you know, comes back. Um, but but I think what the Eagles did is they jumped out early, and the the Saints just didn't have the firepower. They they poured it on in the third and fourth quarter, uh, you know, because the Eagles, you know, they're still the Eagles. They're still four eight and one, and the Saints overall, without with or without Drew Brees, they're they're still a ten and three team. Um, and that, and that means something. So, you know, the Eagles uh, are still trying to find their way. Um, and, and, you know, the Saints obviously made a game of it, which, which is not a great sign for the Chiefs, right, that, that they could make a game of it uh, in the third and fourth quarter, um, you know, even though it was against the, you know, kind of the Eagles who are, who are still rebuilding. Um, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I'm, I'm kind of going around in circles here, but I think it is going to be an ornery team. Um, I think the Eagles played really well, got out early, and that's what the Chiefs have to do. If they could, you know, if the Chiefs mirror what what the what the Birds did is jump out to that early lead, the Saints are going to have a tough time without mm-hmm. Drew Brees making that comeback. Um, as long as they keep the pedal to the metal and they don't take the foot off the gas. We've talked about some great football sayings from Marty, and I'm about to introduce another football cliche. I think sometimes in the NFL when you have teams it often comes down to the team who needs it most that's the team who wins mm-hmm. and again the saints are coming off a loss they really need this to stay in contention for that seed how much do you think that matters is that cliche really a reality you know you since, since you, you know what it's like down there on the field no jeff it's an emotional game i mean it you know it is it is it is a game that um you know um it, it, it you know you got to bring the emotion into it i I, th- I think you do and i and i love that saying it is is you know especially in situations like this it's you know i just don't want the chiefs you can, you use that word early and I, i'm going to think about that a lot as i'm watching this game complacency right we don't want you know we don't want the 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 chiefs to feel like they can be complacent at this point um because number one they got to make sure they get that number one seat because there's only one um, and they want they want everything to come through Arrowhead again because that's that takes a lot of the pressure off, especially in these crazy times with COVID and traveling and all that stuff that you don't want your team to be exposed to um, as you know going on the road. How nice it would be to know that they can plant their flag in Kansas City through the playoffs. So maybe using Marty's maybe using Marty's saying uh, let's let's really start to think about. Who, who is the team that needs this most? Um, even though the Chiefs are, are, are sitting really high right now and uh, in, in, in they're sort of in the catbird seat, but, you know, um, maybe they need it just as much as the Saints do um, because they're going to they're gonna really want that, that home field advantage and they're going to want everything to come through Arrowhead again. Even though, they won't have the, even though they won't have the fan, you know, they won't have that crazy, you know, 80,000 – volume you know fan volume working for them it's still it still does take a lot of the pressure off for it to come through arrowhead and even without that home field advantage of fans just to get that buy to rest guys up you know with the only one team getting a buy um uh this season the, the new playoff format now something the chiefs do have going for them uh when the steelers lost to the bills that really helped uh the chiefs the obvious, I mean, that's <laughs> stating the obvious here, but beyond just the Steelers losing, how it works is after you get to overall record, if you're tied, it goes to conference record. And before um, 
the Bills actually, even though when they when they both had one loss, uh, the Steelers were still ahead because they had lost to an NFC team, uh, the Washington football team, while the Chiefs' one loss was to an AFC team, the Raiders. But now this loss against the Bills, the second tiebreaker is common opponents. And the Chiefs have defeated the Bills and the Steelers just lost to the Bills. So the Chiefs now not only have one game in the standings, that, 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 um, that game against the Bills is huge. Um, but obviously, yes, uh, still a big game. And, you know, we're talking about this a little bit off air. The Saints are really tough. If Drew Brees is back healthy, this might be the best team in the NFC. This might be the second best team in the NFL. And it, if Brees was there, I th- think I'd be tempted to pick uh, the Saints to win this game. I think it's enough of a great of a difference. Taysom Hill's done a, a solid job, but he just you you appreciate Brees a little bit more when he's out, even 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 though he's getting older and it hasn't been quite what he was. Uh, so if Breeze was there, I think I'd pick the Saints in this game. Without him, I just don't think Taysom Hill can generate enough offense uh, to defeat the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree, Jeff. I, I think this I think this game will be um, as ornery as the Saints might come in. I still you know got to give the edge to the Chiefs. I think Andy's going to really be pushing the home field advantage. I think he's really, you know, going to be pushing on it and being like, look guys, here we are on the road in new Orleans. Do we want to keep doing this? You know, do we, do we want to keep traveling, getting on the plane, you know, going to other people's stadiums? Let's, let's bring this to our house. You know, let's take advantage of the saints being without Drew Brees right now, because that is, you know, that's the harsh reality of the NFL, right? Is that you have to deal with injuries and, you know, you, you might as well take advantage of it when, when, people can't stay healthy. Certainly other teams did when Patrick Mahomes was out, right? Um, they took advantage of, of the team not having him at the helm, even though the Chiefs played, played very well. Um, I, I think Andy's going to have them really ready for this game. And, and if I were the coach, I would be using that as, you know, that little bit of extra motivation to prepare and to not be complacent to say, look, nobody likes this traveling stuff. You know, no one wants to get on the road, be away from your family, uh, you know, holidays whatever going into the playoffs let's 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 make this thing come through through arrowhead i think that's going to be a huge motivation for the chiefs and i if i were the coach that's that's what i would be pushing this week with the team is is that look this is a good new orleans team let's take advantage of it let's not just because drew Brees isn't out there doesn't mean they can't beat us um but you know let's 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 win this one so that so that we can we can make you know all those other teams come through our house i think that's a big motivation for the players. Yeah, that's a great point. And that is a big motivating factor. Uh, for me, the player to watch this game, Joe, probably Alvin Kamara. He is so good, not only as a runner and receiver, uh, the Chiefs defense, we know that the running game has been kind of an issue stopping it for a couple of years. You know, it hasn't prevented the Chiefs from doing great things, but it, it is a one of the few weaknesses on the team. Uh, and then the other weakness, I think, I think more actually last year than this year, but kind of running backs in the flat, the screen games, the short passing game to running backs. And Kamara is uh, not only good as a runner, he has 723 yards and he's averaging 4.7 yards per carry, but he might even be better as a receiver. He has 699 yards on the season. So really a dual threat. Uh, Joe, where do you see kind of the big matchups for this, this game? I, I think that's a great one, and I don't want to. I don't want to even even touch that one, Jeff, because you gave such great analysis of <laughs> of of where 
you know, where the Chiefs defense is is going to have to match up. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. Right there, that is that is what the Chiefs are going to have to look. They're going to have to look to do, um, and that takes the that takes the pressure off of Taysom that that he doesn't have to make these big deep throws, and you know he doesn't have to really gain a lot of yards on every single play. If he can do, you know what. Um, like Tua did, right? Or he could do like what Jalen Hurts did against the Saints is chip away, chip away, chip away. You know, you can take a team like the Eagles who are, who are you know, just by their record alone, you'd say they're, they're relatively mediocre just by record. Um, you know, you can, win, you can win a game like this, right? So I think, um, and we've seen that, we've seen that over time with, with, with these Chiefs games that are so close, the Chargers games, the Raiders games, like, Teams, you know the the uh, the Bucks, right? They just teams just seem to if they can hang around with the Chiefs' offense, they can chip away, chip away, and put themselves in a, in a position to be successful. So I agree with you. I know I wasn't going to elaborate, but I'm already elaborating on the Alvin Kamara commentary that you made. That is the key to the Chiefs' defense being success successful is finding a way to stop him. Um, and 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 I think, but I think you know they, Manuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. you know Taysom has some good players to throw to so you know it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty well-rounded offense uh that he is at the helm of right now I'd be very scared if Drew Brees was there I'm less scared because you know Taysom doesn't have the uh you know the experience of Drew but I would say if I were fans as well besides that that's number one that number one matchup to watch uh, I think the second matchup is to see, you know, if the Chiefs again, and I know I keep, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but they are going to have to see what they can do in the running game. Um, this may be one of the more well-rounded, uh, as I look at it, defensive, I'm calling them all backfields. And I'm saying when I say linebackers and defensive backs, when you mash them all together, I think this is one of the better, you know, coverage teams that the Chiefs are going to face. Um, just just from a well-rounded perspective, their linebackers can drop. They have they have good, they're good in coverage, so they can take away that that danger zone that I always talk about that the Chiefs have. Right, that that eight to say fourteen yard passing area, uh, middle of the field, stretching horizontally across the field, and not always having to go deep. I think the 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 Saints probably have a defense that can stop that um, area better than anybody. The passer that, too. Exactly. And, and I never, you know, with Patrick, I, that's one thing I, I don't really, I never really worry about the pass rush with him. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I know I'm jinxing, I'm probably jinxing our chiefs here when I say that, but like his, his ability and those like six eyes that he must have somewhere in his head or some GoPro camera that is built into his brain. Like he just sees open space. Like I don't even worry about the rush. Like I really yeah, don't. Like, I gotta, the, like the dolphins, um, you know, gives the Dolphins game. He had the one rare, well, rare mistake he made with the, the you know the thirty yard sack. That was crazy. It was crazy play, which was just kind of an aberration. Beside that, you know, there was some reshuffling of the offensive line again. They had Durant in there, who's a yeah. kind of undrafted guy, and he's still. It's kind of like it reminds me back of like Pete Manning back in the day. Like Pete Manning never had like a great offensive line, but he got rid of the ball so quickly, mm-hmm. knew where the ball was going. Like he, it was never, he didn't get sacked a lot. And I think Mahomes has some of those same qualities just with his vision with Mahomes, obviously a little, little bit more about his 
mobility and escapability than 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 Manning, but still a, a little bit of a comp there. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's it's that's the skill, right? If you don't have the the legs and the vision that that Patrick has, you know, what Manning had was that negated the rush was his quick release and his ability to know he, he almost had like an eidetic memory, right? He almost had like a, a photographic memory where he just, he just knew where balls were supposed to go, like without even really thinking about it. So that's, that's what he used to negate the rush. Um, you know, guys like Dan Marino, John Elway, like back in their day, you know, their, their negation of the rush, negating of the rush was, you know, go ahead, hit me. And you're just going to bounce off. Right. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it was like they could stand in that pocket and take hits because they mm-hmm. were so big. Uh, Joe Montana has probably a little bit more of a combination between a Patrick and, uh, uh, you know, Anna Peyton Manning, where his mm-hmm. release was quick. He knew where the ball was going and he was fleet of foot. So, you know, that's, I think you're right. That's the negation of the pass rush, but you know, I think this. I think this Saints team can cover, and 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 I think what the Chiefs are able to do in establishing the run game early to bring the Demario Davis, the Quan Alexanders of the world up into the running game and to suck them in, I think that's what's going to open up the the where Patrick is most dangerous is in that eight to sixteen, eight to fourteen yard passing range. You know, and that and then and then if he can start hitting there then he starts going deep and then everything opens up, right? And that's why the Chiefs offense takes a little bit longer to get going than most teams because they're working it. They're working it. Okay, what's working in the run game? Do I have the middle of the field to throw to? Okay, now I can go deep. And that's how they like explode and open things up. There's a, there's a lot of methodology to their offense. It's not just this whole, well, we're an explosive offense because we're so fast, you know, and Patrick has such a great arm. There is there is a process and a, and a, like I said a methodology to what Eric Bieniemy and Andy do to figure out where people are going to be and then bam and that's why they explode mm-hmm. they don't explode because they get lucky they explode because they're able to expose where the defense's weaknesses are over time and that's why they always score more points later on in the game is because it's it's they're just they're being very methodical about it uh, I think we both uh, think this is a tough game both like the Chiefs in a narrow win in this one. Joe, do you see this? So the AFC, you know, doesn't guarantee anything, but the, the Chiefs are the clear favorite. They are the, the best team in the AFC. NFC is a little bit more muddled. Um, the Saints are right there. Packers right now is the one seed. Aaron Rodgers is playing fantastic. The Rams are quietly having an excellent year. Do you, is, is this – is Saints-Chiefs going to be – the Super Bowl. Is this the Super Bowl preview? I think it could be, Jeff. I really do. I, I agree with you. I, you know, look. Let's let's be frank and out. Let's just go through it, right? Let's be let's be Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy methodical about about this analysis, right? And go through. It, it's not coming out of the NFC East, right? I, <laughs> I, I love my Eagles. I love the NFC East. Growing up watching that division as a kid. Uh, you know, I love the rivalries. It's not, it's not coming out. It's not com- unless, you know, unless something crazy happens to one of the teams, you know, with COVID or something, it's, it's not, it's not coming out of the NFC East. Um, and, 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 you know, when I look at, at the NFC, uh, let's, let's go to the North, right? That's probably the, the, the division that, that I see, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not as high on the Packers as I was, 
you know, I know they're playing well, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't, I don't think they're going to be the team um, that makes its way through. So just by like process of, of elimination, you know, I think the Seahawks have struggled. You know, I think you're right. The Rams are quietly winning. They're on a little bit of a streak. Uh, it could, you know, it could be the Rams if they if they explode. And then and then and then what are you left with? You're left you're left with the NFC South, and you're left with this with the Saints. And you know. If, I mean, what what is what is your take on the Drew Brees being able to be back before you know before too long? I mean, have they given you know what are you thinking as far as how how long it's going to be before he's back? Yeah, I, I think they're taking the right approach that they're they're being cautious, you know, that he's yeah. doing things and stuff, but they're going to wait, you know, with a bad injury yet it yeah. it even affected his lung. I think they're waiting until he's a hundred percent because you know they know they're going to be in the playoffs and they right. they know they have a ceiling with Hill. Uh, so they, Hey, they, I think they'd rather take their chances of, uh, of just going into playoffs with not as great a seed, but then having a healthy Drew Brees. That's, uh, their long game. So I love that take Jeff. I think that's exactly right. And, and if that is the case, I go right back into your theory is that just looking at the teams and just, just kind of just glancing and knowing we know of them, um, you know, the Saints, I think, are the team with a healthy Drew Brees. They are the team in the NFC to beat, again, with a healthy Drew Brees. You know, I'm, I might have to give that nod to the Packers, um, possibly the Rams. That, that would be a great game, right? That would be a great, like, divisional game. Um, I, I just have to give – I'd have to give the nod to the Packers if Drew Brees isn't. But if Drew Brees is back and he's relatively healthy and, you know, he's going to be able to make a run – I agree with you. I think this would be the Hank Stramble, the two teams that he coached. So, guys, you heard it here first. Go to betonline.ag. Joe said to put all your money, <laughs> all your lifetime savings well, on Chief Saints happening in the Super Do we have an attorney that does a big disclaimer at the end of this pod that, that says, please don't, you know, I, I don't need that. I don't need that liability at this point. You know, people calling me up and, you know, emailing me and saying, you know, you told me to bet on, on that, uh, you know, uh, but but I think that's I think that is a really good you know I think that's a good that's a good bet you know that that it's going to be it's going to be the Saints and the Chiefs. Well, we'll have our our lawyers on retainer for uh, the next show. But if if you enjoy this show, please please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.